I am Beth Clarity Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist. You are listening to my family therapy group, Verve Well, and this is our podcast, This Won't Be Done by Five, which gives a nod to the ongoing process that is the human condition. Flip through our episodes where we look through the lens of our personal lives to explore scholastic therapeutic topics. Get to know me and my staff through our honest disclosures and our willingness to own our own accomplishments and our fails, all for the sake of our craft, for our desire to offer helpful resources and our overarching mission to serve and to let no one ever feel alone. Find everything VerbWell, including this podcast at verbwell.org. This is Beth Lewis, and this is Vervewell's podcast. I've got all of us are here today, myself and six others, all our therapists. Um, why don't we just go around this little table and say who's on this podcast? Um, just say your first name and um, tell us what kind of clients you like working with and what, what your population is. How about that? Who wants to start? Go over there, uh, Elissa. Uh, can I pass? Can someone oh, ask? Oh, nice. How about this? <laughs> I'm Beth Lewis. I uh, am the uh, founder at Vervewell, and I work really well with um, yelling, screaming couples and those kind of at their wits end, learning to communicate better, to reconnect. And I really love working these days with um, parents that are new to the empty nest. My name is Shaney. I also like working with couples. I love uh, helping people that have antagonistic relationships, life changes, grief, etc. <laughs> Hi, this is Heather, and I uh, have a special niche with teenagers and also working in, with and supporting their parents. Um, I have a newfound absolute love also for working with couples um, and, uh, and also families, full-on family sessions. My name is Ashley. Um, I'm really vibing right now with the late 20s. Um, anybody who's 18 and older, I'll see you. I don't do couples, um, but late 20s, that's my jam. Hi, my name's Alyssa. I know what I want to say now. Um, I am a LPC associate here at Vervewell, and I really love working with smart teens. Um, Smart teens, typically females. I'm totally open to working with um, males. And then I've also been accepting some new clients that are kind of young, mid-20s, entrepreneurial mindset, and I love working with them. Um, Hello, my name's Blake. I like working with teens and young adults. I have a lot of experience working with addiction. Um, I try to intervene and help people make meaning of different things in their lives and try and set them on the path where they can uh, find motivation to go and get what they want out of life. Hi, I'm Jason. Um, I also see teens and young adults. I see a lot of young men, college age guys. Um, I work with couples. Um, a lot of people dealing with like depression, anxiety issues. Um, if you feel if they're feeling like they have a lack of purpose in their life, um, and really anybody that wants to work you know, on themselves, I'll see that. Yeah, if you're motivated, yeah, it's cool. Very good. Yeah, good. We're gonna we're gonna talk um, in this episode of season three. We are going to talk about the ego, and when I brought this topic up. 
um, Blake pointed out that the ego takes so many definitions in different cultures, in different um, uh, different theoretical practices. So we're going to just kind of chime in, those of us that would like to chime in on on how we ex- how we view what the ego means if we use it in session, um, and kind of what our take is uh, on on the ego. The way I look at the ego is, or the way I use it in session, is I perceive the ego to be the voice in your head that is there to, its sole purpose is to keep you alive. Not to keep you thriving, not to keep you healthy or happy, but only to keep you alive. And the ego is all the way based in your consciousness as opposed to subconscious. I think that in the superego or in the subconscious, but the the ego in a conscious state is the voice that shows up when you're trying to get out of your comfort zone, when you're trying something new, when you're going for a job promotion, when you're going to try to jog further than you did for the last month, you're trying to get, or you decide you're gonna run in a marathon or all of these things. And this voice sometimes shows up and says, who do you think you are? Are you sure you're going to do it? Maybe you shouldn't do such a thing. Don't be foolish. That that negative self-talk shows up. And all that is, in my opinion, is the ego, to use that word, is the ego keeping you in a comfort zone. Because as soon as you start suggesting consciously that you're going to step into something out of your comfort zone, that tells the ego you could die, you could suffer, and that ego's job is to keep you safe. So yes, jump in. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Well, no. I was just. Um, never, I was going to give a done. counter definition to what Beth was talking about. I think it's a little bit different, but um, it goes back to when I was in school. Um, I was taught that the the ego is the your conscious self, like it's mm-hmm. it's you to your core. The id is the your childlike self or your instant gratification, dopamine release type self. And the superego is like your critical parent role that right. you play. So it's three different roles. Um, and I think that's all I was going to say. About no, that. and that's, that's exactly, I, yes, I would put those all in those places. Yeah. I would almost put the, say the ego is more of the troublemaker. Um, mm. The one that's, you know, like send that passive aggressive text. You know, they did you wrong. And then the superego comes in and says, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We don't want to cause issues. Um, but I like your take on it, that this ego is um, there to kind of protect us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, and with my clients, I will kind of hone in on that when, when I hear that that voice or that narrative starts showing up, someone's saying they're going to do something, and, and then they <clears throat> will automatically follow that with, I don't know if I... I don't know what I was thinking or I didn't do that so well. And this kind of negative Hmm. outpouring starts happening. And I just kind of shine a light on that and kind of brief them on that's probably the ego. And the way to to answer that or manage that is to kind of change your thoughts and challenge those thoughts the ego is presenting by you conscientiously saying, actually, I deserve really great things. I really deserve a strong promotion at work. I deserve to be in better shape. I deserve to um, have this really strong relationship. I'm going to make this phone call. I'm going to do this thing. And so to change your verbiage, to change your thoughts, then that, that, and you do that on repeat, 
then that conscious ego sends that message to the subconscious. And that's a way to change even we can start even on habit shifting and changing habits. I think what you're kind of talking about in that regard is ego strength. Um, so people with low ego strength from their ego, they might be hearing that. Uh, be like, uh, don't do that, be safe. But then you have, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the guy that's egotistical mm-hmm. or woman or whoever who's egotistical. And... Um, it almost goes in hand in hand with like being prideful or narcissism Mm -hmm. in my view. Um, But sometimes the ego can be so strong that it prevents you from telling people you're wrong or that you're sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So it's just, and maybe it's also has this protective mechanism too, where you're not necessarily protecting yourself or there's also the mechanism of protecting your image or how you want to be seen by others. So it sounds like then if we put the ego on a spectrum, Mm -hmm. then we have one far end is egotistical Mm -hmm. and it's an inflated ego Mm -hmm. that's also, and then we have on the other end, an ego that's telling you to stop and kind of keeping you small. Mm -hmm. And, and both of which sounds like to me with what you're saying, both of which are two sides of the same coin which means they're both kind of defensive Mm -hmm. they're both protective and they keep us a little bit stuttered so our goal through our conscient like if our awareness is we're somewhere on the spectrum with our ego then to conscientiously change our thought process change our words and we tell our ego where we are and it's in a realistic place it's in a it's in a place of Mm -hmm. of reality as opposed to what if what if you fail? What if your boss doesn't like you? What if, what if, what if? Mm-hmm. And instead of this egocentric or... Where everybody loves me. Yes. I'm the best thing right. that's ever walked the face of right. the earth. That type of ego. Egotistical. But maybe, and I also, whenever I think about ego, I think about it um, like it is, maybe it is just the voice in your head, the narrative, the storyteller. We, yeah, I don't know if y'all agree with me or not. I, we might be like-minded on this, Blake, but I think of ego negatively, although I know it's it's not. I feel mm. like it is a state of thinking and doing versus our being, the, the internal place of mm-hmm. our knowing. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I think of it as the enemy because I feel like that's where so much of our conflict occurs, you know, overthinking with anxiety and all the things that go on in the mind, right? And not to say that we don't, I guess, need an element of the of the ego, but usually when ego is rearing its ugly head, it's rarely positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know? I have no problem with calling it the enemy. I think that that's exactly kind of going eye to eye with it is what I'm proposing with your own voice, being able to say, "This is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, cap- I'm." I'm worth good things. Mm -hmm. You say that to your ego, not, you know. Mm -hmm. To me, this is really interesting to hear you guys say the ego is the enemy. Because for me, it's the conflict, it's the invitation. Say say more, I don't For me, the conflict is the invitation. So um, maybe if my, I'll just use me as an example. Maybe my ego needs an adjustment, Mm -hmm. either on the egotistical or ego strength. What would you call like the weaker side? Um, we could just call it weakness. We go. Weaker. The weaker. We go, we go. Right. And so then let's send me into my therapist's office and I'm sitting and I'm talking about this. It's an opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. That's an invitation. So that conflict is an invitation. So I don't necessarily want to perceive my ego as the enemy, 
I just want to perceive this. This is how I choose this perspective, is to choose this as an invitation, even though I'm struggling and stubbing my toes and I'm cursing and I'm just like, mm -hmm. why God, you know? Yeah. It's an invitation to mm -hmm. grow out of that space. I don't have a lot to offer on this subject, but I have a question to pose. Is, are, are, is the ego where limiting beliefs lie? Yes. That's, okay. that's what I would say. Mm, uh, and limiting beliefs can also be like, I don't need anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is the, e and then to go into what I, how I'm looking at the ego, mm -hmm. that is the ego keeping you safe. I don't need anybody. Right. And okay. I said in a different episode when we were talking about therapy and I was talking about how I blame a therapist's office not being pretty enough so I don't go back. And then I quickly said, but if we look closely, that could be just my defense mechanism mm -hmm. saying look, she's got the problem or the therapist wasn't good enough. So therefore I'm not going to go back in, which is my ego saying, stay safe. You don't have to go right. in there. You mm -hmm. can come back here. And what I, if I were, if that were my client, I would say uh, challenge that voice, challenge that voice, say to your ego, um, I'm, I'm worth good therapy. I'm worth going into this office. I'm worth being transparent. I'm worth these things. I'm worth the reward for putting myself out there. So there's maybe another podcast, but this conversation is taking me back to our attachment podcast and the relationship with ego. Mm -hmm. Do you guys see the the interlink? Well, tell between? us. So when you're talking about that, um, not wanting to go into your therapist's office and being avoidant, mm -hmm. that the avoidant is mm -hmm. the attachment style. So what is, how does our attachment style from our growth as children affect the development of our ego. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about oh, that? Oh, 100%. That's where I think that the ego would come from. Absolutely. Because I think that that where our ego has been taught and 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 raised basically by us and it has its it has its um what would you call it? Its toolbox and knows where we're safest. And that's why we can retrain it. As we know more and grow more, we can retrain that ego to expand what it's calling safe for us. Mm -hmm. So yes, 100%, our ego, my ego today is based on the last 53 years of my life. And it's developed a sense of what keeps Beth safe. Safe, and again, remember, safe doesn't mean thriving or healthy. It just means what keeps her right nestled into her comfort zone. I feel the need to reframe something that I said earlier because especially since we're therapists and we invite therapy, I said earlier the ego is the enemy. And I, th I think if I whittle it down more, I still agree with that, that I think of it something that we need to, uh, I don't want to say overcome, we, we need to wrestle with. And so it is an invitation, Alyssa. I want to make sure that's real important that we don't criticize it and think that if, if that flares up that it is you know it says that we're less than or we're that that's a necessary um, part of our growth as human beings to have moments of the ego right and and who wins out yeah our, our being or our our thinking our well our, it's it's kind of this thing that's with us for the rest of our life mm -hmm. like I might as well figure out how to get along with it when it's kicking my ass mm -hmm. right the egos our monitor and it teaches us again, from our own experiences, it keeps us in a relatively, again, wildly comfortable space. It doesn't allow us, or it really tries to hinder us from breaking out of that comfort space. So we can, re we can teach 
that ego to become a new monitor mm-hmm. and to have new information so that it allow so that we go and branch out but we have to do that and we do that by how we speak to ourselves how we acknowledge this presence and this conflict and this invitation like you said we speak to it kind of literally and and require it to understand us with new information does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah. mm-hmm. Blake did you want to say something you look like you were um, it's funny, I liked, uh, Shane said, The Ego's Enemy. It's a, actually a book title by a guy that writes about Stoicism, yeah. So if you look at the Stoics, they kind of thought, um, which is like Rome, a Roman emperor, Marcus Aurelius, he was a, um, he wrote meditations, I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but he talked about the ego in the same way, how it is just kind of this enemy that you have to watch out for. Um, and you got to be mindful of it. But what I was thinking about is it seems like the ego's function in some ways is to preserve uh, the status quo of how you feel. So when you're talking about going to therapy, I wonder status if quo, the yeah. ego was like, no, 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 we, we don't. We don't do that. No, no, yeah. no, let's keep our equilibrium here. Let's not. I like status quo. Yeah, because a, good a use. big function yeah. of therapy is to, I mean. Shake shit up. To, yeah, to <laughs> shake shit up, for lack <laughs> of a better term. Um, yeah. So I think the ego is always under threat in therapy. I would always kind of get scared going on therapy sometimes, but. Agreed. I'm not scared. My ego mm-hmm. gets scared. Mm-hmm. And and we're usually, mm-hmm. typically, human are egocentric. Mm-hmm. So if your ego is getting scared, then we are. Therefore, like we experience that fear. Certainly, what I'm doing mm-hmm. when I was talking about going to therapy, mm-hmm. my ego is is centered. Like it, I am egocentric in those moments mm-hmm. because I am not interested in 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 breaking out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm allowing that ego to to prevail. Mm-hmm. And then, but there's also a problem if people don't utilize their ego, I think that they can run the risk of putting themselves at excess harm too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, like some people come into therapy and maybe you don't really want to challenge their ego. Maybe they need more strength. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, I mean, like everything, it's feel like it's balance. Ego balance. Ego balance. Mm-hmm. Ego strength. I love ego that phrase. Well, and I think that if it, for me, it goes into um, when the the ego, as I keep bringing it back to, it's how we think, it's how we talk to ourselves, it's what we kind of have this engagement with our ego, and we talk, and then that spins for me. It takes us from the words we use, the thoughts we have, into the um, the the feelings we exude from these thoughts. And if we have an ego telling us that we're not going to do that today, our feelings can droop, our energy level can droop. Mm-hmm. And if our energy level isn't high, at a higher frequency, our behaviors are going to be behaviors that aren't super motivated. And so our results aren't going to be as strong. Mm-hmm. So I'm just a believer that our thoughts are the driver of our results and that ego if we don't pay attention that ego will keep our results very small because we've allowed the ego to stay small yeah, or to keep us small. yeah it keeps mm-hmm. us uh stagnant yeah. Yeah. yeah i just wanted to throw this in you said marcus aurelius this is one of my favorite quotes no man is happy who does not think himself so Mm-hmm. And you were talking about thoughts. thoughts. What were you saying? We don't want our egos to droop, or we do want our ego. no. We we don't want our egos to allow us to stay small. And our our egos will allow our egos. Kind of goal is to keep us simple, keep us small, keep us safe. And if we want results that are big and magnetic and inspired, 
we're going to have to challenge our ego mm -hmm. because our ego will not want us to go there with with its current programming. Make sense? Awesome. Anybody awesome. else? Questions, thoughts, concerns? All right, this is Verve Well. This is our podcast. This won't be done by five, season three. Thanks for listening. <laughs>